0: Good morning sunshine. I hate to break up the party but it's time to get worship started this morning. Uh, Let's get us started off with a prayer uh, before we start our worship. God we thank you for just being an awesome God. Um, Dear Lord we thank you for the sunshine, we thank you for the rain. Um, God we just thank you that uh, you're able to bring us here this morning dear Lord. Um, I just ask uh, that you help us uh, uh, take back all of our worldly troubles today, dear Lord, and help us uh, focus a little bit on, on you. Um, God, I ask uh, that you be with Jamie as he gives us a lesson this morning. Um, I ask that you uh, help him give us something that we don't already know, um, and help, uh, help him and guide him in the way that you want him to go. God, I just want to uh, thank you for all your many blessings that you give us each and every day, and it's in your son's name I
1: pray, Amen. You are the words and the music. You are the song that I sing. You are a melody. You are the harmony. Praise to your name, I will bring. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the mighty God. You are the King of all kings. So now I give back to you the songs that you gave to me. You are the song that I sing. Oh, you are the words and the music. You are the song that I sing. You are the melody. You are the harmony. Praise to your name I will bring. You are the Lord of lords. You are the mighty God. You are the King of all. that you gave to me, you are the song that I sing. So now I give back to you the song that you gave to me, you are the song that I sing. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. Jesus Christ, died for me. Jesus, because he first loved me, it tells of one who
2: scripture reading this morning will be Matthew 3, verses 1 through 6. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River.
0: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know you as the one true God, God of creation, God of life, God of comfort, and the God of healing, the God of happiness, the God of giving and forgiving. Father, we met here today to pray to you, to sing, to hear your word, to worship you. We pray that you'll wrap your arm of comfort around those who are ill or injured or troubled. Give us the strength and the courage that by our words and actions others may see you. Thank you for the gift of salvation for your son Jesus. It's his name we pray, amen. We'll sing the greatest commands. We'll sing it uh, until we get to all four verses through and then one more time complete all together after that.
1: Love one de
0: It sounds awesome up here. Wish you guys could hear it up here. We'll use this song When I Survey the Wondrous Cross for to prepare minds for the Lord's Supper. When
1: I survey
3: I'm going to read uh, from 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, starting in verse 26. Um, hang with me because we're going to read just a little bit. So verse 26, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were first called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to, sh- to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. Um, there's really a not a great place to stop in that because you could just keep reading the whole thing and just be like, yes, this is all good stuff. We need to hear this. Um, but, you know, I'm not preaching this morning. Jamie is. Um, but, you know, the deal is, I think in most of our lives, um, you know, no matter where you are, we're kind of always driven to be an expert in our in our field, right? Like, In my field, everyone, you know, you want to specialize, you want to know everything, you want to to be the expert. You know, and I can probably say that for most of our fields, we want to be the expert, we want to know the most, we want to be, you know, the most um, knowledgeable about whatever profession we're in. And I think about, you know, I think about Paul writing that, and you have a guy that is that, right? Paul was the expert, you know, when he gives his list of credentials, There was no one that was more educated. You know, he was, um, you know, he calls himself a Pharisee of Pharisees. He says, uh, you know, according to the law, he was blameless. This guy was everything that he would have aspired to be. But in this verse, he says, basically, I didn't come to you and preach any of that. I could have stood up here and preached to you in such, you know, with such eloquence that it would have amazed you at my preaching And you would have been just in awe of what I was telling you. But I threw all that away because the only thing that matters is Jesus. And the only thing that matters is his sacrifice for us. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the only thing I came to you with. I could have stood up here and convinced you with really convincing arguments about why you should believe. About why you should think one way versus the other. But I threw all that away, and I just preached to you Jesus. I just preached to you his life and what he's done for me. And that's what we're thinking about right now. You know, we think about this time together. We think about this communion service and what it means. And it's not about me standing up here and convincing you that Jesus is what he is. It's about you accepting that Jesus is what he is and knowing what he's done for you and knowing what he's done for me and us sharing that together because that's what communion's all about is this shared time. You know, it's not about me sitting in my chair and taking my taking my piece of cracker and taking my cup of juice and doing that individually. It is, but it's also about the shared experience that we're trying to get out of this. Because if we think about the Lord's Supper, we think about Jesus and his apostles around a table together and having that shared common experience. They're there with the Lord, but they're also there with each other. And that's why we're here, is to celebrate that time, to celebrate the cup, and to celebrate the bread, and what it means to us individually, but also as a group, that it brings us here, it brings us together as a family, it makes us a family. So that's what this time is about. It's about reflection here, but it's also about community. It's about unity together. So as we think about, you know, as we think about those things, um, let's pray for the bread. Father, um, we just come to you this morning, God. And we're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for the sacrifice of your Son and what that means to us, Father. Um, the salvation uh, that it, that it brings to us, the hope that it brings to us, the joy that it brings to us, Father. I just pray that um, that as we go through this time of communion together, Father, and with you, uh, that we would open our hearts, uh, Father, that we would remember the reason that we're here, Father, that it's because of you, it's because of Jesus, it's because of his sacrifice that um, just puts to rest every argument, Father, puts to rest every other reason for us to be here. It's for him, uh, Father, and and what he's done for us, uh, God, and I just pray that as we um, as we partake of this bread, we will remember his body that was broken on the cross. Uh, Father, the uh, the punishment that was taken in our place. Uh, God, the punishment that was taken um, for each one of us. Uh, Father, and I just um, thank you for that love. Uh, thank you for the mercy that it represents, uh, Father, and for your provision for us. I just pray for our hearts now. In Christ's name, amen. Let's bow again as we give thanks for the cup, Father. Again, as we um, as we just approach Your throne, Father, uh, in prayer, uh, God, we're so thankful for prayer. We're so thankful for uh, just the open line of communication with You, uh, God. That we can approach You directly, uh, Father. That we need um, we need no other. Uh, intermediary other than jesus father just to come to you and to speak to you and that you listen uh, father you hear us uh, God we know that you are always attentive to us uh, father we thank you for uh, for answered prayers uh, father we thank you for the faith that it builds uh, to see your hand at work uh, father we thank you for uh, this this cup what uh, which represents your son's blood uh, father that um that it washes us, uh, God that it gives us cleansing. Uh, Father that the things that um that are on our hearts, uh, God that you can uh, you can take care of those. Uh, Father if we'll offer them up to you, uh, Father and um, that you can wipe those clean. Uh, Father and uh, make us uh, pure in your sight. Uh, so that all that you see is your son. Uh, Father, we just thank you for uh, for your grace and for your mercy. Uh, Father, just pray for our um our time now. I pray that as we commune together, uh, Father, that it will draw us into unity together, uh, Father, with each other and with you. Uh, Just thank you again for Jesus. In his name, amen.
0: And we come before
1: Thee now.
2: Good morning, sunshine. It's good to see you all this morning. It's good to be here this morning. If we had 10,000 hands, if we had 10,000 tongues, that's a lot of worthy, isn't it? <clears throat> and he is. God is very worthy of everything. I I hope and I trust, and I've been praying about us and you and what we're doing here today, and I hope and, and trust that God is going to do something and share something with all of us that we would move forward in Him. In it's a difficult thing to come here week after week and live the life day after day that we live and keep being moved and encouraged and supported in God. It it gets really mundane. It gets really sluggish and difficult to not get pulled into whatever we're living through. But God's like Jared, man. He gets up here and he reminds us of how worthy God is. Thank you, man. I appreciate I know we appreciate you very much. Very much. Let's pray together and we'll continue through this time. Father, thank you so much for this great day that you have given us. Um, Father, as I say this next thing, we're going to hear in the hearts a collective groan. Uh, school starts back tomorrow for most people in this room. And just pray that you would bless all of them, everybody, Father, who have started already, you're going get, to uh, get going this week. Pray that uh, you just really bless all of that. Bless our students, bless our teachers, bless our parents, God. I remember, school is important. It's really important. It's a big deal. And God, there's, there, there are folks there whose hearts are looking toward you and longing for you, even if they don't know they're looking and longing. So bless all of that. But Father, bless all of us, because we're all living in this existence. We're all in this human, a part of this humanity, battling through, trying to uh, just find our way. And Father, so often we get so distracted from you the only way. So I pray today that through your words, through this moment and through all of the worship that we've enjoyed so far, that you would call our hearts back to you. I pray, Father, that you would set a fire in each of us. I pray that we're not here just eking away another hour of our lives. And I pray that I'm not here just wasting another hour of everybody's lives, God. You're too big. You're too awesome for that. You're just wonderful and you're worthy of this and so open our hearts and set your truths deep in them and remind us god that you are holy and awesome and teach us what john knew god that you're worthy of someone preparing the way for you we love you it's in your son's name we pray amen so we've been going through the story of john the baptist John the Baptist, the awesome John, the amazing John, as Jesus would say, there's nobody ever in existence that's better than John the Baptist. He was, is truly amazing. Yet we know that John was not amazing because John was just amazing, and sometimes we get lost in the story. Sometimes we start living into the story that, we're, that God has blessed us to live into, and our lives, Our ego, man, you know, our narcissism, those kind of things get so welled up that we forget the stories about him and suddenly it becomes about me talking about him. It becomes about me telling the story of him. John the Baptist did not get lost in that. John knew for sure that he was just a voice calling in the wilderness. He was a light shining in a dark place. He didn't come, he came, he wasn't the light. He came as a witness to the light, the true light that gives life to all mankind. That was John the baptist. But there's a lot of potential for him to get, you know, off the road here. So let's keep moving and we will allow God to teach us some important things today about John's humility. Humility is an interesting thing. But let's read first the story, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the scripture reading one more time. In, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness. And watch what he's doing, okay? And watch where the crowds are going. He has, he has some serious appeal. He's got some charisma, you know? Uh, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness in Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. John's not about John. John's about Jesus. It's the greatest, most incredible ascent you can make with your life. It's number one. It's everything. Not that you're going to be perfect. It's just the call on your life. John's clothes are made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey people went to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. So John was a guy with some kind of swagger. People wanted to be near him. The story he was telling, the way he was telling it, the confidence and the mm that he had in what he was doing, the passion and the fire. People were like, I wanna hear this guy. There's something going on out here. There's some kind of power in him. And all of us think, I'd love to have that. Few of us ever allow ourselves to be in the place where that power can truly come alive in us. See, John could have thwarted the power, but John knew an incredible secret, and it was humility. The, 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 the call to be less, right? So here's humility, the, the C.S. Lewis definition. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, Stop putting myself out there all the time. Those kinds of things. I was reading an article this week. It's interesting, chasing some things down on humility. And the article was titled, How Humility Can Make You the Greatest Person Ever. And I'm like, that's hilarious. (laughs) How Humility Can Make Me the Greatest Person Ever. What's wrong with this title? I'm like, everything's wrong with this title. Because the whole point is, if you're trying to become the... Greatest person ever. You clearly lack humility. And I'm like, maybe I should read the article and not get lost. You know those articles or those books you're like, I have a lot of these books. I'm like, the title captivates me and the story bores me to tears. It's like, where did you you come up with this awesome title? And the book never gets there. The article never gets there. Well, this article definitely got there because it trapped all of us and it exposed me as well in my arrogance because the article was not at all that the point they were making is quite the opposite and they're like Jamie uh, we're going to make this title for Jamie Riley to expose himself oh humility will make you the greatest person ever how arrogant to say that then they talked about true humility what it would look like how health, <clears throat> excuse me how healthy it is spiritually relationally in every part of life how humility is Man, God's greatest call to you. Yes, he calls you to salvation, and he provides it. Yes, he calls you to die to yourself, but all those things take humility. And so, so the, the call to humility, it's such a weird thing. It's, it's, it's hard to explain what humility looks like and how quickly you lose it. I said before in messages on humility, you know, I've gotten really good at humility. Just I wrote a book, and if you read it, you'd understand everything I've learned. It's like, no, that doesn't work, right? Maybe one of the best ways I could explain it, if you're, if you're 35 and under, maybe 40 and under, this, this might resonate with you. I'm not really sure, but the next slide, when I click it, you may hear nothing, you may hear a groan, but the reason is this. Um, if you're having a party, a get-together, something with college students, young adults, and someone says this phrase, I just lost the game. Yeah, everybody's like, what? What are you talking about? and uh and and the point is like uh there's this game that exists that it's not a game it's called the i just lost the game game and if you think about the game you've lost the game but as long as nobody's talking about the game you're winning the game and so you just go through life one year two years three years and you're at dinner one day a bunch of weirdo college students young adults and someone goes oh i just lost the game or someone's like, stretches and like, oh, I just lost the game. Or someone's like, I got that bill. Oh, I just lost the game. And everybody at the table is like, oh, no, I haven't lost the game in forever. So, so the game is so weird. Just look it up. I just lost the game game. When you think about the game, you've lost the game. And by the way, you just lost the game, everybody here. And anybody online, you lost the game. Humility is just like that when you're living your life just for god giving yourself away thinking of yourself not at all your humility is killing it when you're serving others and loving others but as soon as you start thinking you're doing well with this i'm doing pretty well here i am becoming a pretty good christian it's gone you washed it away it's that invisible nothing that's everything and we all struggle with it so much uh, the uh, Paul says in Philippians, he is talking about Jesus, and he's going to build this story that Jesus gave himself away, gave up the heaven, gave up everything, didn't cost ca- count in anything to be grasped, gave it all up, came to earth, came to earth, died for you, he's totally submitted himself, and because of that, God exalted him to the highest place. Meaning, his humility caused him to truly be the greatest person ever, not by his own standard, by God's. And so the story is built like this. Paul reminds us, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Man, that's a a lot. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. Selfish ambition. It means to be self-seeking. It's just that simple. I'm hungry, I'm gonna get me some food. What about your family? I'm thirsty. I'm going to give me something to drink. What about everybody else in the house? I'm. You know what? It's kind of hot in here, and isn't it kind of hot in here? (laughs) Maybe I'm the only one. But I wish that the thermostat was on a different place. But what about everybody? I know people are going, Jamie, please don't say that. I'm really cold. I've been cold. Yeah, but I'm thinking of myself. It needs to be self-seeking and always looking out for one's own interest above the interest of everyone else. Now, you don't have to think the second part that I'm thinking of myself above everyone else. It's just as soon as I'm thinking of myself, right? As soon as I'm thinking of myself, you're doing what Paul says not to do. Don't have any part of selfish ambition. And and so it pushes on with the vain conceit. An excessively favorable opinion of one's own ability, importance, wit, etc. Man, etc. I'm showed up. This day's better now. (laughs) I have an opinion and you need to hear it. Well, I don't even know how you formed this to come to that conclusion without asking me first because I don't think that you all have the understanding that I have. You don't have the the, the wisdom that I have. How could you come to these conclusions without me? Or just sitting back micromanaging everybody, critiquing everybody, second-guessing everybody, criticizing everybody, vain conceit. You are the smartest person, the wisest person in the room, and you're not. You're not, and so and so he says. Then, then in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but used or to be used at his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, humility, and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's Jesus' story. That's the press that John is looking for. John is emulating what he knows Jesus is going to be. John has found something. He's found something we've all been offered every Sunday, every Wednesday, at home every day. Surely, parents and families who are Christian call family to humility. Remind one another, this is how the life looks in Jesus. That's the Christian call. That's the call of Jesus. That's how the world knows is that the story starts at home, and we share this message. It's called humility. I do not know how to run a house. I don't know how to be married. I don't know how to raise a kid. So humility and Jesus better be my go-to. It better be my central, and John knew these kinds of things. So moving on with John, who's very important in why we're talking about this today John had every reason for arrogance. Let's look at some of these things. John had incredible potential for arrogance. Let's just look real quickly at what's up with John. He was the miracle baby granted to Zachariah and Elizabeth. You remember that? Zachariah couldn't speak till John was born because they're so shocked and doubted the story, right? He was filled with the Holy Spirit while he's still in his mother's womb. Remember when Mary shows up and the baby's like, whoa, the Spirit comes on them and... And that's powerful. He lived in the wilderness and wore odd clothes woven from camel's hair, right? He he ate weird food. He had a lot of reasons to be like very narcissist. He had an incredible speaking ability. Drew people from all over the region. Some of these we hit last week a little bit. You'll see some of them, right? This is John, why he had reason to be arrogant. He was bold enough to call out the hypocrisies of the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the time. He was bold yet humble, He was honest yet gentle, right? I mean, mean, we all live in places where we need to be reminded. None of us are above reproach. None of us are above the law, not the law of the spirit, but the law of everything. No, all of us on occasion need to be reminded, hey, come on, this thing's about Jesus, not about you. You can't manage this kind of stuff. And that's what John does. He said to the crowd, anyone who has two shirts should share with one who has none and anyone who has food should give it away do the same share it that's really that's a bold thing to do it would be really really easy to be an arrogant man being in those places he criticized king herod right you're doing all kinds of bad things you got your brother's wife that's not good he called the Pharisees, Sadducees, a brood of vipers, and he says, you can't depend on your heritage. Don't say we have Abraham as our forefather. That's not going to cut it. I don't care if your parents went to church all their life. I don't care if your parents came Sunday morning, Wednesday, and I don't care if your dad's a preacher, elder, or anything else. You had to carve out in Jesus your own relationship, and that's what John the Baptist is saying, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The kingdom of heaven is in hand, and it's going to be awesome. But you have to choose to be in it and be a part of it. So John's humility had lots of reasons to be arrogant, but he wasn't. So let's look at something else, John's humility. His, his, he, John was right-sized in his own mind. You get what that means, right? He was right-sized in his own mind. He was correct-hearted. He didn't think of himself as being more than he was or bigger than he was. He knew, I am only this. God made everything. You look at the stars in the, in the evening. You look at the sun coming up in the morning. You watch animals just doing animal things. And you're like, wow, I am nothing. And God's like, that's right. You're nothing. But I love you. And I am everything. So now I make you everything. You're, you're a really big deal. But John, was, he was right-sized in his own mind. He was correct hearted. Listen to this. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask who he was. So people are coming. Who are you, John? John's out preaching and teaching and the whole world basically is going out to John getting baptized. I mean, you talk about an arrogant preacher with everybody showing up to get baptized you're like, "All right, I bad check, 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 check. Elders, you see this? Check, 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 check. Time to get a race. Check, 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 check. Look at all these baptisms on demand. Look at this. Everybody wants to hear from me." This is a, I'm a big deal, right? So everybody, they they ask him, who are you? Here's John's big moment. Who am I? Stick a microphone in front of a teen's mouth, in front of a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old. Put them on on social media, Instagram. Give us your bio. Oh, I'll I'll tell you who I am. You want to know who I am? That's what I've been waiting on forever. Put a mic in my face so I can talk about me. I want to tell you who I am. And we just go on and on so often. Who are you? And he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. I'm not him. And not only was he not him, he didn't act like he was him or that he was anything more than a voice of his, not gaining any experiences. So he says, I'm not the Messiah. In fact, he goes on, they ask him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? And he says, I am not. Are you a prophet? He answered, no. These guys are trying to get something out of John. Here's what John says. I am not the Messiah. I am not. No. (laughs) He's he's just not going to blow on about himself. His social media thing, bio, I am not. I'm not the Messiah. I am not. No. Right there it is. He pulled John the Baptist like, who is this guy? I don't know who he is. Why? Because he's not going on about himself. I don't have a clue. Then I gotta start looking at his pictures. And oh wait, it's not about him. It's about someone that was baptized. Oh wait, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Oh wait, it's about Jesus. Another picture, it's about Jesus. Another post, it's about Jesus, another post about Jesus, another post about Jesus, another post about Jesus, and another post about Jesus and another post about Jesus. There's another post with John baptizing Jesus. And when it says it says, I actually tried to get him to baptize me, but he wouldn't let me do it. And so I had to baptize him. And then it's about Jesus and about Jesus and about I'm, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not. No, that's John's whole story. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Now, here we go. Well, when I was in high school, I played baseball, and I hit this many home runs. I also played football, and I played basketball. I was a cheerleader on the girls' cheerleading team, because, but I was a guy because I was strong enough to help out. I also was in the, in the math club. Then I got college scholarships, and then I got a great job. When I got a great job, I gave this much to the church. And then I was an older, and then I was a deacon at the same time because I was really a good guy. John, tell us about you. He said... John replies in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am a voice, I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the paths for the Lord. What's your job, John? Man, I'm just trying to clear the way for Jesus. I'm trying to tell people Jesus is coming and he's got life for you. Jesus is coming, he's got a kingdom you're going to belong in. Yeah, but man, you don't know how I've lived. Yeah, you don't know how awesome he is. You don't know how lost I've been. Well, you don't know how good he is at finding the kingdom is coming, and the kingdom is here for us today. But John's saying, the kingdom is on its way. Now, the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Another moment for John to have his, 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 uh, his say here. He says, I baptize with water. John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. Very convicting. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. I'll tell you one of the coolest things and most convicting things to do? Force yourself to brag on somebody else. Force yourself to tell somebody you struggle with or you don't struggle with, someone you love, someone you battle with, that was really cool when you did that. You do this so much better than me. I'm always so amazed when you show up. It's just good when you're here. I'm better for you being in my life. You personally. That's not general. I'll give you details. Let's go on and on because I could. There's a story here. And that's what John says. Tell us about you. Why are you doing these things? Well, among you stands one you don't even know. You don't know him. You're looking in the wrong place. He's the one who comes after me. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy enough to untie i don't even get to touch his feet cool foreshadowing right of jesus washing the disciples feet jesus is awesome and john's trying to tell us that he gave his whole life away telling the story he gave his whole life away bragging about somebody else. He gave his whole life away saying somebody else is coming. He met the girl and he's like, you don't want to date me, date him. He's better than me. Who does that? But that's what John's doing. He's like, you don't want me. I don't have life. He's the one with the life. You're going to want him. That's powerful, right? It's amazing. But humility is not just a suggestion. And this is how Christianity has treated it for far too long. What a great quality. You have the quality of humility. You, you really stand out. You're, you're the humble one. Well, humility is not a suggestion. It's actually a command. And when, when the world looks at the church, humility is what they should see. John the Baptists all running around in here talking about Jesus and one another instead of self. How can I get low enough to serve you who's trying to get low enough to serve me who I'm trying to get lower than so I can serve you who's trying to get lower so you can serve me? Always putting everything, everyone else first. Always blowing up about Jesus, trying to figure out how can we let Jesus be bigger than all of us? It's a command. It is not a suggestion. It's not something you get around to. It is the, the like highlighting quality of someone truly seeing Jesus and how big and awesome he is versus how unbig and how unawesome that doesn't work but you know I am just hang with it. In James 4 scripture is very clear wrestling with chasing your own way doing your own thing getting your own stuff and he just says humble yourselves before the lord he will lift you up it's it's philippians 2 jesus didn't consider equality with god something to be grasped so he makes himself obedient to death on a cross he went all the way into you can't get lower than jesus And God lifted him up and put him on the highest place. Humble yourself before the Lord. He will lift you up. It's a command. Not, hey, if you do, he will. It's you do this. He's got you. In Ephesians, Paul says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another. Be completely humble. All that junk out there. Even it's like, you're almost there. No, no, no. You got to keep squeezing. Let him keep pushing it out. Be patient, bearing with one another. It's the call on all of our lives. And it is the mark of the one you truly love. And I don't mean your spouse, your mate. I mean the, the, that, that person, that woman, that man of Jesus, that you're like you, God, you know who they are in your head. And you're like, man, if I could just, I, I, I just want to hang out with them for a while. I just want to be near them for a while. I'm better when I'm with them. It's better when they show up. Why? Because they really, really live in humility. They're, they're, they're not wimps, and they're not weak. They're bold. They might tick you off once in a while, but not because they're being jerks, man. They just wade into life in humility. They live this thing out in Jesus. <clears throat> in Luke 16 in Luke 14, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Jesus is talking here about he's watching and people are getting, taking the best seats in the banquet and stuff like that. And Jesus is like, what's going on here, man? <laughs> Chill, take another seat. Anyone who wants it. And he says, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. And the battle here is, there's so many who live through life and don't understand when they're being humbled. It's just a bad break. It's a bad day. How do you know God's hand's not just pressing you a little bit? Keep exalting yourself. Everything's not perfect. Everything's not happening. You feel a little down. You feel a little struggle. You feel a little... Maybe God's hand's against you a little bit. Maybe he's, maybe he's in a little discipline. God's like, grow up a little bit. Give up yourself a little bit. Quit this a little bit. I'll take my. Hand. You can breathe a little easier. David says, when your head was heavy upon me, I was crushed. Why? Because David needed to humble himself. And sometimes we get ourselves in places. We just think life's just against us. Things are just bad. God's not paying attention to me. No, maybe he's paying a lot of attention to you. (laughs) And maybe he thinks you're paying too much attention to yourself. That's for free. I didn't mean to say that. He has shown you, O mortal, in Micah 6, 8, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Require. He requires this, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. To act justly, love mercy, walk humbly before your God. Jacob, oh, that does look good. You're right. Just threw this his way. This is what he came on. Like, Do what you want with that. Humility. It's the best look you're ever gonna have. You wonder about your hair, you wonder about your clothes, you wonder about, did I show up early, did I show up late, did I show it up, whatever? I don't know, man, am I walked right, did I get my best side, did I get my, I don't know, man, what I, man, nothing looks good on you like humility. Nothing looks right on you like humility. Nothing makes you pop. Like humility nothing makes you stand out and draw people like humility it's a charisma that the world can't replicate and it is the most drawing power in the world because humility is of jesus humility is of god himself so we're going to go back to school right this isn't really your back to school sermon but we're going to go back to school and you're going to go back to life right after service today right even in service today We're going to be living in the story that God has put you in. You're not in another story. You're in this one. You can't hope for another day. You can't hope for something to be different because this is where you are. And so where you are, live in humility. Where you are, let God be seen in you. Not thinking less of yourself. You don't have to False humility has no place in the kingdom of God. Oh, I'm just nothing. I just can't do anything right. I'm just, uh, has no place. Humility is confident in Jesus. It is bold that he made me, but it is his story, not my story. Move over. Let him be the, let him be the center of attention. Let others be the center of attention. And challenge me on it, too. I'm really bad on this one. <laughs> Sounds like false humility, doesn't it? So, so here we are. Um, invitation time. If, if you're battling with this, I mean, this is the story of Jesus, the very story of the gospel. You live out the gospel message in humility. Why? Because you die to you and let everybody else have their moment first, God. It is the true gospel message. If you're battling with this one, you can come forward. Our elders will pray with you and confess, whew, me too. If you're online and you need to call in, call someone, call elders, Tim or I, if you haven't given your life to Jesus through immersion, it, the true death to yourself imagery, you can come forward. They'll immerse you into him as well. But whatever your desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing.
1: Over all the earth you raise. Street. Every sunset sky, but my one reason. Right.
4: this morning it's good to be here Uh, good to see all your faces all your smiling faces Um, if you're visiting here with us this morning we're thankful that you're here stay for a few minutes afterwards Um, we'd love to get a chance to to meet you and and talk to you and tell you a little bit about us Um, not that it's all that great but we just love the we just love that uh, that you're here with us whether you're visiting with us here in person or online, we're thankful for you uh, this morning. So uh, make sure to stick around for a little bit um, so we can talk. Um, if you didn't get a chance when you when you came in, make sure on your way out that you grab a bulletin. Um, there's a lot of uh, great information in there. Some of it I'll mention here this morning and, and some of it I'll rely on you all to, uh, to uh, take uh, home with you, so. Um, don't have a whole lot of updates on our prayer request, um, except for one great one. Um, Clyde Ball is with us this morning. He's right back there. Um, definitely, uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, really good for him to be here. Um, definitely an answered prayer. And I was reminded this morning uh, by someone on the way in that uh, we have a lot of uh, a lot of greatness here. In God's power and his healing power and uh, uh, just looking around um, I could point you out I won't call you out but I could point you out but there's a lot of people here this morning that have been up here and out there that um, are definitely uh, recipients of God's grace and his power and his beauty and might and so this morning we're thankful um, for God's healing power and the way that he uh, takes care of us each and every day um, we uh, would like to uh, extend our sympathy to Tamara Harris at the passing of her sister, Christy Davis. Um, Tamara will be praying for you and your family, uh, and uh, if there's anything that we can do to help you out, please uh, be sure and let us know. Uh, but be keep uh, Tamara and her, and her family in your prayers uh, this week, and uh, over time as she uh, goes through this. Um, the elders are going to be meeting this Thursday, um, the 24th, for our monthly prayer session. So you'll be getting calls from us. But if you see one of us out and about, around today or uh, at another worship, make sure and stop us if you've got something on your heart or on your mind. We'd be uh, we'd be uh, privileged to uh, to pray about that and pray with that, uh, with each other, with each other this week. So a lot of, of things coming up um, that I want to tell you about. Um, just uh, a a plethora of of events coming up. Um, Before I do though, um, this week we welcomed uh, Charlotte Jo West. She was born on August the 14th. She weighed seven pounds and 12 ounces. And so this morning we'd like to congratulate Marissa and Alex and all the parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and everybody else that's around. And she's with us this morning right back there. So if you get a chance to see her, uh, make sure and say hi to her. I haven't had a chance to meet her yet, but I will this morning. So I'm looking forward to that. But congratulations to you guys. So. Um, but she's with us here this morning. Um, the cancer support group that meets on Monday evenings uh, will start meeting again in September. So they're on a little bit of a, of a time off. Um, <clears throat> tonight, after evening services, the teens are going to be uh, going out uh, to eat and uh, Tim's gonna be driving the church van, so if you need a ride, make sure and see him. He's back there in the back, um, and let him know that you'll be going with him tonight. That's tonight after evening worship. Um, Also, um, coming up here in just a few weeks is our Friends and Family Day out at Noble Farms. Uh, There's a sign-up sheet for the Cornhole Tournament back there in the back. Also, there's, I don't know, a hundred or so of these little invitation cards that are back there. So make sure and pick up some of those that you can pass out to your friends and your family and your coworkers and everybody around. Um, it just says you're invited to our, to our friends and family day. And it gives all the information on there, but it'll be on uh, September the 10th. I think that's three or three weeks from now. Um, I'm getting the nod, yes. So three weeks from now out at Noble Farms. We won't be having worship here at the building, but we'll be having worship out at Noble Farms at 10 o'clock, and then it's just a really, really neat place, especially for the kids um, and us older kids, too. Um, Just a lot of of great things out there, and we'd love to see you guys all there, and we'd love to see all your family and your friends. Just invite everybody. Just take a card, give them a card, and tell them they're invited, and we'd love to have them there. And don't forget to get signed up for the Cornhole Tournament back there on the Welcome Center. Those cards are back there as well. Um, the Round Lake Men's Retreat is coming up uh, September 22nd and 23rd. There's also a sign-up sheet back on the Welcome Center for that. Um, the uh, item for Midwestern Children's Home this month in August is canned soup. So you can start to bring in your canned soup and up, fill up the, the bin back there in the back. And then also uh, put on your calendar Uh, October 8th through the 29th that's when our fall home groups are gonna be and really soon we're gonna have a pad laid out back there for uh, home group uh, host so be thinking about that and we'll get that uh, out there here shortly so I don't think that I've missed anything Um, if I have I'm sorry but um, pick up a bulletin there's a lot of great information we'll be back here tonight For a Bible study at 6 o'clock and then again on Wednesday night at 7, we'd love to have uh, all of you guys here with us. So if you'd stand with me, we'll uh, be dismissed in prayer. God, it's good to be here. Thank you uh, for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for the time that we could come here this morning to worship, to uh, gather around your table, dear Lord, and to hear your message. Dear Lord, as we um, depart here today, we pray for safety. Dear Lord, for those that are unable to be with us, we pray that you watch over them and bless them. Bring us back together again tonight at the appointed time. We love you and thank you for your son Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen.